welcome back to Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi, back at it. On this episode, we are going to predict our records for each team ahead of this year's 2021 NFL season. We'll look at the over-unders and we will project our records and we will post them on the socials later in the week. We'll also take a look at some of the big news in the NFL world. Cam Newton getting released by the Patriots. Mac Jones will be the week one starter in Foxborough on week one against Dolphins. We will talk about that. J.K. Dobbins going down for Baltimore. We'll break it all down on this episode. So make sure to keep it locked. Stay tuned. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. The preseason is in the books and it is finally time to start looking ahead to the NFL 2021 regular season as week one is just two weeks away. On this episode, Bilal and I will be going through each division, looking at the over-unders that Vegas has predicted, and then we will share our predictions for how we think this season will go in terms of each division. And then next week, we'll break down our playoff predictions for how we think the playoff standings are going to go. Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi, B, my lord, there's a lot of NFL news to get to. Dude, I am on cloud nine, man. It took us a bit to get on, but man, now that we're here, I'm excited. There is there is so much to go to. So before we get to the over-under stuff, we're going to, you know, let's just go through some of the latest headlines. And my goodness, I just, I... I cannot wait to get your take, your thoughts on the Patriots day because it has been a wild day to be a New England Patriot fan as the big news from the day. Mac Jones was named the week one starter for the New England Patriots. And with that, Cam Newton was released. Huge news out of Foxborough. We will circle back to that in a second. Going down the list of news. Andy Dalton was named the week one starter for Chicago. We knew we kind of knew that was going to happen, but that was officially named last week. Jameis Winston was named the week one starter for New Orleans. We also kind of knew that was coming, but that was also officially named this week. Denver has officially named Teddy Bridgewater, who they acquired this offseason. He won the quarterback job over Drew Locke. He will start week one at New York next week. The Philadelphia Eagles also acquired Gardner Minshew, who was apparently, quote-unquote, vying for the starting job with Trevor Lawrence. But let's be real, that was never happening in the first place. He is now a Philadelphia Eagle. And then non-quarterback news, your boy Sony Michelle is now an L.A. Ram. That was kind of expected that the Rams were going to be in the running back market. Yeah, no, Sony Michelle, man. He, you know, I figured he was going to be on the move. Patriots are absolutely locked in and loaded at running back. They got five dudes who all are going to play a role, right? Damian Harris last year was unreal. James White's still there, even though we thought James White was going to, you know, move on, maybe go to Tampa. They drafted Ramon J. Stevenson, who from the preseason looks amazing. Yeah, he looks good. J.J. Taylor, another guy that they picked up. A little 5-5, reminded me of Deion Lewis when he was with the Patriots. They also got Brandon Bolden. They got five running backs. Sony Michelle's job got taken last year by Damian Harris. It just made sense to, you know, one of them had to go. He was going to be a free agent next year, right? Pay him or not pay him. You know, Belichick doesn't like to do that. Rams are desperate. I think it worked out for both teams, you know, and now they're saying that pick that they got 
it's going to end up being a fourth round pick. I mean, I think it's just a, a win-win for both teams. Yeah, I mean, I clearly saw this, especially from the Rams' perspective, knowing Cam Akers is gone for the year. Um, Daryl Henderson can only carry maybe half the load, and, and Sean McVay likes to rotate the running backs as it's, you know, that's a lot of his system is is feeding the ball. And, and it's interesting that they didn't bother looking into bringing in Todd Gurley back as well, and they didn't do that. I thought that was something Baltimore was going to do as well with J.K. Dobbins gone for the year as well with torn ACL. But that's not something they did, but they ended up getting Sony Michelle, another Georgia Bulldog in that case. And then going down the injury news, like I just mentioned, J.K. Dobbins lost for the year in Baltimore. Travis Etienne is pretty much gone for the year in Jacksonville. He'll miss a minimum of 12 weeks with a foot injury, but God knows how much longer he will actually miss throughout the season. David Bakhtiari will miss the first six games. He'll be on the pup list for Green Bay. Big loss for them. Titans and Colts both have players on the COVID list. Tannehill and Wentz both on the COVID list. So they got some COVID issues, but I would assume everything will kind of be back to normal before week one. But I mean, man, let's let's go back to the Cam and Mac Jones situation. I mean, I mean, I I just want I want to hear your thoughts. What are your takes on this situation? Because it had a lot of people shocked today. I mean, to I thought I thought Cam was gonna start the whole way. I mean, not the whole way, but start the, the first couple of weeks for sure. But I watched every single snap Mac Jones took in the preseason. And Mac Jones, I told you I was so excited and I couldn't wait for him to get in. I still thought you'd give Cam a shot because of, you know, how unfair he had it last year with his COVID situation. And, you know, it, the, the whole everything was just a mess from the start. So I was like, you know what? Give him a break. Give him a couple of weeks to prove himself. Then – if he doesn't, then it's Mac's turn. But Mac Jones is ready, man. Like, he's not one of those rookies where, you know, hold the clipboard for a year. Obviously, Belichick thinks he's ready, too, right away. I'm amped. Super, super amped. This is not a, a decision you make, right? This is, like, kind of, like, obviously on a way lower tier. But Drew Bledsoe's being paid $100 million. He's ready to go. And you're like, no, I'm sticking with Tom Brady. It's the, Those are the decisions he's getting paid to make. And I'm, I really do think... That that five day absence that Cam Newton had because of his you know COVID related things, I feel like that really played a deal. And I feel like Belichick, you know, down the stretch, he's like, I don't want to have no starting quarterback for a game due to your personal reasons. I need everybody on the same page. He wants consistency, and I think that actually played a pretty big role in this decision. I'm I I do agree with you in that regard because. The only way that I see Cam Newton getting released is either two reasons. One, exactly what you said. Bill Belichick, after the COVID situation that transpired last week, was kind of just looked at everyone and was like, look, I don't think this is going to work if this happens in the regular season because last year, if that never happened, if that COVID situation never happened and Cam played all 16 games, the Patriots are right in the playoff mix in late December. But because Cam Newton was put on the COVID list and came back and was just a completely different person, the Patriots suffered and they didn't make the playoffs. I think he's looking at himself right now and being like, we we can't afford to do this again. Say exactly what you said. He needs everyone on the same page. And I think what helped that decision was how well Mac Jones has played in the preseason. That kind of sped up the process where it's like, all right. Mac looks good in the preseason. I think he'll be fine. We have nothing to lose. It's a different story if Mac Jones came out in preseason and didn't look that good and he seemed kind of rusty, but that wasn't the case. So I think this definitely did 
have to do with the whole COVID situation, unfortunately, for Cam. Um, whatever that reason may be, that's his personal choice. Having said that, I would say that at the end of the day, that's probably the reason as to why he didn't get the job. But to be quite honest with you, I don't think Cam would have been the starter for very long anyways. I think he would have started the season. But I think because Mac Jones has played so well, the team kind of you know sees it that way as well, how well he's playing and that he can lead this team. Mac Jones probably would have been starting at some point in this regular season anyways. So I really don't think it's that big of a loss. And I think people are overreacting just a tad bit because it's like, oh my God, Cam Newton got released. But it's like, guys, let's be real. Mac Jones was drafted in the first round to be the guy. It Just because he's starting week one, it's a huge surprise. But again, Cam has his other, you know, the, the COVID situation and all that kind of stuff. And if you cannot have him there, we have a guy who's ready and he's going to be our future anyways. So why not just plug him in now when we got nothing to lose from there? That's the way that I kind of see it. But it's um, it, it definitely shook up the, the NFL world today for sure. Yeah, one thing, though, I want to make sure people realize is that when they cut him, I don't think it was, yo, we have no use for you on this team. We're cutting you. I think it's Belichick, you know, told him, it's like, yo, you lost a job. We're going to start Mac. And then Cam's like, all right, if I'm not starting, I don't want to be here. Yep. yep. Cut me and let me choose where to go. And Belichick, you know, because Cam Newton, regardless of how he's played, he's been a great teammate and a great leader. Right. He's been, you know, there in the morning, been there after night. Everybody loves him on the team. So I think Belichick and Belichick, you know, he does. I feel like Belichick did like Cam Newton a lot. And I feel like he was just like, you know what? All right. You've earned your your respect. I'm going to cut you. You get to pick what you want to do with your career next. I don't think it has anything to do. Oh, why? You couldn't beat Brian Hoyer out for the second string quarterback. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. It's it's just pick, pick your spot now. You know, balls in your court. Absolutely. No, that's that's what I mean when I'm like there were there were two valid reasons as to what happened today. And that's one, the COVID situation impacted Belichick's decision. And two, yeah, Cam was like, I'm not being a backup. So he's like, just cut me. And there's no point in asking for a trade because I would assume Cam's trade value is kind of crap. So the best decision would have been just cut me and we'll see where I go. The bad part for Cam Newton is you look at the entire league right now. There yeah. is not many opportunities to be a starting quarterback. And I know the Dallas Cowboys have been in the mix for a backup job. And I honestly think that would be a good fit for him. You're not going to start, but the Cowboys need a backup quarterback. You know, you so. know who I want as him to go to would be um, Baltimore. Because I know Lamar Jackson has his thing with the whole, you know, whatever. But they, they probably have the worst backup situation in the whole league. And then I always like it when your backup quarterback is, you know, kind of plays the same style as your starting quarterback. So that way you don't got to change the offense completely for him. Right. So I feel like, you know, Bills did that with Trubisky, you know, bringing Trubisky if Josh Allen goes down. Sort of the same style. You Now you bring in Cam Newton to back up Lamar Jackson. To me, it just that makes sense to me. I don't know. In in the grand scheme, of, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it does. But honestly, I, I don't think it's going to happen because. Tyler Huntley or Taylor Huntley, whatever his name is, looked pretty damn good in that last preseason game. So I think Baltimore is pretty good and content with where they're at in the backup um, in the backup department. But I mean, speaking of the backup quarterback department, Jared Stidham's hurt, Cam's released, and Brian Hoyer got cut too. Well, Brian Hoyer's coming lead, back though. He's coming so, back. That's that's what I would assume because I was gonna say I'm like 
that would leave Mac Jones as the only quarterback on the Patriots roster. No, nah, they they they're gonna put somebody on the IR. They do this with Brian Hoyer every single year. They're gonna put somebody on the IR, get another spot, bring back Brian Hoyer. It just happens every single year. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it is Brian Hoyer. It's not like you know you got a lot of people trying to get him off waivers or anything. So I mean, I can see why the Patriots think that they can do that. Um, in terms of and some of the other news before we go over to the over-under stuff, are there any other thing that really catches your eye out of some of the stuff that was revealed this past week? Few, man. J.K. Dobbins, was I was so ready to pick him in fantasy. I'm so happy we didn't have our fantasy draft like right now. But I was ready. I thought Baltimore, he was really going to be Baltimore's main skill position guy because, like, Mark Andrews is still there, but, like, I don't trust anybody, any of their receivers at all. Even Mark Andrews was super up and down last year. I thought, you know, this is an offense that wants to run the ball, run the ball. I thought J.K. Dobbins was going to have a huge year. And then the second one was Gardner Minshew. I'm a huge fan of Gardner Minshew. Getting traded for a sixth-round pick didn't make sense to me. I think he's going to end up taking over some games. I feel like he will start some games in Philly, definitely. That'd be mad. Because I, I like Jalen Hurts. I, I think he will start, I mean, a lot of the games. But if he struggles, absolutely, I could see Minshew starting some Minchu games there. is a starting quarterback in this league. He's all right. I mean, he, he's good, but he's not great. And again, you're going from Jacksonville to Philly, and it's like pretty much the same team in terms of the talent that you have around you. So... I would assume it's going to be the same thing. Minshew's going to go out there. He's going to make some plays, and he's going to and he's going to get some numbers too for you. But I don't think it's going to be anything. You know, he's not going to blow you out of the water with anything. And that's my personal preference. I mean, for God's sakes, the fact that Minshew got traded. I mean, that means he got beat up by see my my guy C.J. Beathard for the backup job in Jacksonville. So I don't know what that tells you, but I mean, we'll see what happens there. For me, it's 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 Teddy Bridgewater. Honestly, I mean, Jameis Winston, we knew he was going to start for New Orleans. And I said last week that he's one of the most fascinating players in the league this year. But Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, Drew Locke was balling this preseason. And the fact that I feel like with Locke, you get a chance to maybe make the offense a little more explosive. Bridgewater, there's a little more dink and dunk stuff. I'm surprised that he won. But I can't can't tell you how happy I am that he won the job. Because I feel like with Drew Locke, sure you have a chance to make the offense better. But I don't think Drew Locke will win you a lot of games. Bridgewater may not push the ball down the field. But I'll tell you, he'll, he will he will get you in a lot of these games. And for that reason, I think Denver is not going to be a, as bad as people think. Are gonna, I think they're going to be a tough out with Teddy B at, at the helm. You don't think. This was what made what I thought of immediately when I saw Teddy Bridgewater starting. I was like, if you were going to start, if you weren't going to go all in on Drew Locke this year, why didn't you draft Justin Fields? Or why didn't you draft one of these rookie quarterbacks? And then you waited to sign Teddy Bridgewater. So to me, if I'm – my whole plan was I thought they were going in on Aaron Rodgers. They missed out. Aaron Rodgers ain't happening. All right, so Drew Locke is our guy because we like Drew Locke more than we like any of these guys on the draft apparently. And then you don't start Drew Locke and you sign and start Teddy Bridgewater. So I don't know what direction or where was backup plan C. I don't know. I don't understand this at all. Yeah, it's a it, it's definitely a strange one there because yeah, I mean you look at this quarterback class and my goodness, each and every one of them have looked really really good in the preseason and I cannot wait to see what all five do in the regular season. But 
it is interesting the fact that Denver, yeah, they had they were right in the thick of things. But again, it's a classic John Elway move, right? John Elway has not been able to hit the quarterback position since Peyton Manning left. He has been like 0 for 7 at this point. I don't know how many. It's been 5, 6, 7. It's been one of those numbers. It's been a handful of quarterbacks. And yet, Denver has not been able to hit that like, mark. We know, what, we know what Bridgewater can do. But like, Absolutely. If you're a, a team in Denver's position, like, are you happy with that? Like. And you got a young core. That's what I'm saying. A guy like Justin Fields or a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance um, yeah. would have fit that perfectly. Justin you Fields got... and and Jerry Judy and, and Cor- like... Cortland Sutton, KJ yeah, Hamler, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. They have a really talented offense. Um, so I don't know, but like I said, that's just classic John Elway making a a interesting, not a great move, but a good move. At quarterback and, and not willing to take the home run hit. I think that's that's the best way to sum up John Elway with the Denver Broncos is since Peyton Manning, he has not been able to hit a home run. And but that's it's not his even, thing. No, no, no. There's no like, yo, you can hit the home run, but like I say, I don't think Bridgewater moves them forward. You know what I mean? No, he doesn't. Yeah. So like I'm he'll, fine with hitting a single all day as long as I'm moving forward eventually, you know? Like, he'll keep them competitive and he'll, and he'll keep them in games on Sundays, but you're not going to get a lot of those wins in like that how win many, column. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, just, I mean, since I just, we're talking over-under, we're, we're going to get to it, but I, I got them – I'll go straight to it. I got them at 7-10 and 10 right now. What were they last year? Last year, I believe they were 6-10 and 10 or 5-11. and 11. Their, their over-under is 8.5. They yeah, played so, at AFC North and the NFC East. So the NFC East is the division you want to play. I mean, yeah, this seven, exactly. seven and ten sounds right to me. I'm, I'd take the under eight and a half. Yeah, so I, I mean, that's that's the way that I would see it for Denver, and I think that's the best way to segue into the over under. I guess we'll start with the AFC West then, um, since we're starting with Denver. Denver was five and eleven last year. Again, they were okay. They weren't great. But Teddy Bridgewater and Carolina was also five and eleven last year, and I thought t- I thought that the Panthers were not a terrible team. They were a good team, but they were young and they you know were a little bit scrappy here and there. But they weren't were they weren't amazing. They got a lot of growing to do. That's what, exactly what I see with Denver. They were a good. They were a talented team. They were going to be a scrappy team, but they're not going to win you a lot of games. That's what I see with the Denver Broncos. But yeah, I I got them at seven and ten. I'll take the under for them. Um, I, I don't know a lot about their defense. They still I can't. Got... I can't give two, another win and a half on top of that. Not, I don't see them going nine and eight. No, I don't. I don't see them having that. I think their defense would need to be a little more potent, but they're not. They're not the great. I know. Don't get me wrong. They got some ballers on that defensive side, but I just. I don't know. I don't. I can't see them going nine and maybe they are going to surprise some teams, but I. I, I don't think they will, so I'll, I'll take the under. Yeah, a game and a half that is that is definitely a lot in that regard. I'll, I'll take I'll take seven and ten. I'll take my bet with that. Yeah, I'm in I'm in agreement. All right, so sticking with the AFC West, then I'll I'll just jump right into it here and say, I mean I I got the Kansas City Chiefs here over right. Vegas got them at twelve and a half. I got them at thirteen and four. And honestly, even when I look at that and I say. Mm. Are the Chiefs really gonna lose four times? Like that's where I'm like, I no. I don't know if they're even capable of losing four times. The only reason why that I'm gonna say that is because they lost the Super Bowl. But man, oh man, when I tell you 
It was August. It's August in preseason, and Andy Reid did not give a rat's ass about preseason. He was letting that offense rip. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were looking like in divisional round form, and that's what I was. That's what that's really when I was thinking about. It. I'm like, this team ain't losing four games. But I'll I'll go thirteen and four for Kansas City. But man, this team is still my number one seed in the AFC. They're still the team to beat. I have them at fourteen and three, dogs. Listen, they went 14 and 2 last year, lost one game pretty much cuz that was yep. Like if we're playing a real 16 games, they're going 15 and 1, yep. right? Yep. Four so 14 and 3. Honestly, I thought like I picked three games that I didn't even like they're playing the AFC North, pretty tough division. They're playing the NFC East. Like, you know, KC as long as as Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek like they they're too stacked. They're too stacked. I do worry, though, you know, when a team, like, has this much, you know, they play late every single year. You kind of see it in every single sport, right? They've been to this playing deep, deep, deep. I do wonder if one of those guys might get hit by the injury bug, right? Because that's a lot of games and a lot of stress on your body. That's the only thing that I could think of that would make me stay away. But I highlighted, I'm telling you, I highlighted five or six teams that I really, really like to over on, this is one of them. I'm taking 12 and a half all day long. I'm, I am I don't blame you at all, man. I mean, 14 and three, 13 and four, it's, it's, it's going to be one of them. I'm going to stick with my 13 and four. I think they'll lose two in the NFC North. I mean, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing to say. I think Baltimore might get him this year. If there's a year, I think it might be this year. And then Cleveland week one, eh, that's a tough one at a home opening week. I, I think the Chiefs might win that too, so never mind. I think they'll lose one game in the in the AFC North. The Chiefs are just so hard to beat. But I think the division, they will get everyone's best bet in the division. No, and I'm, I'm thinking the one one of those three losses is going to be the Raiders. Agreed. I was just about to say that. The Maybe Raiders, I'm, what, I think the Chargers might be a team to take on off them, too. The tra- I'm, pretty, the tra- I'm pretty high on them this year. The char- the Chargers had him last year. I think it was week two at home. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. they had him right there. Just That was Justin Herbert's first game of his career. That They had him in the bag in that one. And again, and the same thing with the Raiders. The Raiders, had, the Raiders could have swept them last year. And it seemed like the Raiders... It's so weird. They'll play, you know, kind of against everyone else. But when they play the Chiefs, it's like the Super Bowl for John Gruden's team. Like, they will well, play that's, that's their hardest. Happens. I mean, any team that plays the Chiefs, that team is most likely, that's the game they're circling on the schedule the most, right? Absolutely. The Absolutely. Chiefs, like, that's what happens when you're that good. You get every team's best shot. And I think for the Chiefs, it's like, we don't care about the Raiders. We're not circling that game, right? We're circling Cleveland. We're circling whoever, Baltimore, whatever. Like, that's why I think those type of games that they lose, they're like, they're not all in, but the other team's all in. And, you know, they say any given Sunday for a reason. Yeah, no, no doubt. So in that case, so we went through Denver and KC. The Chargers are listed at nine and a half and the and the Raiders are at seven. Believe it or not, the Broncos are at eight and a half and yet the Raiders are at seven wins for Vegas. I like the over for Vegas. I don't I don't think they'll be that bad. I'm actually going to say 8-9 for them. I'm not very sold on their defense and their offense. They lost a lot of guys. I think they'll be in a lot of games, but I just, I, I don't know. There's something about the Raiders. Where I'm like, I, I, this is a massive year for them. We've been talking about it all offseason, but I just can't see it. As for the Chargers, I like them at 9-8. and eight. 
I think they could go 10 and 7. I don't think they're there yet, but the Chargers are going to be right in there. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be in a lot of games. I like them at 9 and 8, Raiders at 8 and 9. Well, I told you my dark horse is, is Justin Herbert for MVP. And if he's a dark horse, he ain't winning MVP with nine wins. So I'm taking the over on the Chargers over eight and a half. I think they go 10 and seven. And then the Raiders is, is a wishy-washy one. I can see your eight and nine. I can also see them being a bottom five team and competing in the tankathon for the number one overall pick. So, you know, shoot, I can't have 14. I'm going to go under on, on the Raiders. They got so much talent. I love the Raiders, but it's the Raiders. You know, I think, yep. I think they're just – Gruden's gone after this year. Yeah. They're going to get a top five pick. Yep, agreed. And it's crazy because you're like, um, the Raiders could be as good as being a playoff team, but they could also be right in the tankathon for getting a top three pick. I just, I, I just don't think the Raiders have the ability. I know they gave Gruden a ten year contract, but I just don't think in year four, and you've built your team, the fact that you can be like, oh no, we're we're gonna tank for the number one overall pick. I just don't think like where is your... tanking on purpose. No, 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 no. They're not going to take on purpose. But I'm just saying like if that were the direction, like if they're not winning games and then midway through the year, they're like, screw it. We're just going to tank. I think John Gruden's done because you you can't. Yeah. And even even if they don't tank, they don't make the playoffs. I think you have to look like the Davis are going to have to look themselves in the mirrors and be like. But last year, I, they were right there. What they start off? They were like, I thought they, they were, were six and the three. They were six. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But the, this is a big year. You got to you got to get over the hump. The Chargers at least have some leeway if they don't make the playoffs. You got a new head coach. It's Herbert's second year and yada, yada, yada. But the Raiders, this no. is Derek Carr's like sixth, seventh year. Gruden's been doing this forever. Like, they, like you you got to get, you got to do something, anything. Double digit wins, sweep the Chiefs. I don't care. You got to do something to make some noise and validate your efforts. It's a big year for the Raiders. Moving up to the AFC South. Titans are listed at, uh, it's kind of shocking. The Titans and Colts are both listed at nine wins. Not a single team here is listed with double-digit wins. Titans at nine, Colts at nine. Jaguars, shockingly, at six and a half. And then the Texans at four wins. I'll take the Texans way under. I got Under them going, four. Oh, yeah, under four, man. I got them Even going with two. Deshaun Watson playing. Deshaun Watson's not playing, bro. I don't know what, like, this, I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Is he on the roster? Is he not on the roster? So, like, so you're you're saying he's not going to play? I do not think he's going to play. I think Tyrod Taylor. Game? I think Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills is going to be their show this season. I I don't. I, I don't like. B. It's another story if we knew anything about Deshaun Watson, but it is August thirty first with two weeks left, and we have not heard like anything. It has been mute. On Deshaun Watson. The only thing that I've heard about him is maybe the Miami Dolphins are going to trade for him. But like, but I just don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about Deshaun Watson to make me believe that he's going to play at some point this season. Yeah, I mean, but like, to me, it's like, yo, if I haven't heard anything, I'm just going to assume he's the starter. So four wins. I mean, come on. Four wins with a guy that much talent? I don't know. That's... that's, I would not put my money on it. That's that's if you're assuming that. And and I'm looking at their 53-man roster, and Deshaun Watson is actually listed on their roster and quarterback. So I have no idea. The Texans, it's – I like, honestly, okay, let, let's say this. If Deshaun Watson is the starter, 4-12. and 12. All right, I'll take 4 and, I believe that was their record la, that la, last year. I think it'll be the same thing this year. 
Because Deshaun Watson doesn't give up. But I, I just I can't see him playing this year. There's been nothing that has made me like and really anybody has given like and I don't even know if there's a Texan fan alive that even is like, is Deshaun Watson going to play, even though he's on the initial fifty-three man roster. So I, I don't know what to say that. And look on on the depth chart, Tyrod Taylor's listed as quarterback one. Deshaun Watson's listed as quarterback three. I have I I don't I don't know man I I don't think he's gonna go so assuming so you are assuming Deshaun Watson is gonna play at some point I'm assuming he's not gonna play at all so I'm taking the Texans at two and fifteen I'm still taking the under though all right I'm, all I'm right. still taking the under okay all right so moving on I did not expect it to to talk about the Texans for longer than two minutes but anyways the Jaguars listed at six and a half I'll take the under here I'm going I'll, six and ten. Yeah, six and ten. Okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five and twelve. I think I, I do like Trevor Lawrence. I like the talent that they have around them. I know there's been some rumors about Urban Meyer and and them not buying in, but I think Jacksonville is gonna be a scrappy team. I I do think they'll be like that. And then as for the top two teams here, oh my God, I've been going back and forth here about. Indy and Tennessee and Carson Wentz is going to be healthy and Julio's in Tennessee. I'm going to take the Titans with the over. I'll take them at 11 and six. And I think the Colts will go 10 and seven. Wow. Okay. So Tennessee wasn't one of those teams that I highlighted, right? I said nine and a half. That's too low. I looked at the schedule. I have them at nine and eight. Okay. So I'm going to go under on that. Just barely. Okay. I don't know. Tennessee, they play so many good teams. They play your division, right, yep. which is yep. could be four losses right there, right? Then they play the AFC East, my division. And then they got some really bad, like, scheduled, like, you know, short weeks or whatever. I don't know. So I have them at nine and eight. And then Indy, which was nine and a half too, right? I think if I go under on Tennessee, I got to go over on Indy and then have Indy win the division. So I'm going to go over on Indy. Barely, though. I'm going to go I'm going to go 11 and 6. I'm going to go 11 and 6. Yeah, I think I mean it's this the thing is it's the same thing for Indy. Indy plays the same two divisions Tennessee does, right? Yeah, yeah, but the thing is I don't like I just think Indy's got so much more balance. You know, I just trust them so much. Like their coach more. I just like Agreed. Agreed. I just like them game planning more for these teams. They're so much more balanced. You know, I think I'm expecting a big year from Jonathan Taylor on that offense. The the big question mark is obviously Carson Wentz, though. That's exactly why I have them at ten and at ten and seven. I think the addition of Julio Jones for Tennessee is a big one. If AJ Brown could stay healthy, Derrick Henry's one of my favorite players in all of football. And I think Ryan Tannehill is good enough to at least win them division at the bare minimum. In the playoffs, that's another story. But Carson Wentz is just a huge question mark. And him getting hurt, and I know it looks like all all signs point towards that he's going to start week one against Seattle. But the thing is, him just getting hurt and now he's on the COVID list, it's like, can I trust Carson Wentz? Like, I just, it's killing me. It's like, I got them at 10 and 7. Colts are going to be good. This is a really, really good team. And like I mean, I'm totally on board with you. I love this team. Great defense. Great offense. I love Frank Reich as a head coach. But I just, it's it comes down to Carson Wentz for me is, is kind of the deal breaker. And that's the reason why I got, I've had Indy as a division winner pretty much all offseason. But until I heard the Carson Wentz news is when I was like, I just don't 
know if I can trust him in an 18-week season. It's like, oh my God, I, I don't know. And I, I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. But I'm going to take the safe bet here and say Tennessee wins it at 11-6. and six. Indy's right behind him at 10-7. and seven. And like always, this division is going to come down to the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm just going the opposite way. Same two teams that we've always been talking about though here. So nothing else. Yeah, no. Special. N- yeah, no, no, nothing new there. Moving on to the AFC North. This is who this is this, this division is a wild one. And it will start with Baltimore, eleven wins, Cleveland's listed at ten and a half, Pittsburgh eight and a half, and then Cincy six and a half. This has been tough because I've been kind of going mm-hmm. back and forth between Baltimore and Cleveland to win this division. And I've been thinking the whole time and I just, I think Cleveland is the more complete team. And this would be a really big step for Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski if they're able to win the AFC North. And I think this is, so I'm going to take the over for Cleveland by half game, 11 and six for Cleveland, Baltimore. I also have it 11 and six as well. So I think they'll have the same record, but Cleveland wins the division. You ready for this? So I think Cleveland is I think Cleveland's going over. I think they're going 12 and 5. I think Cleveland is the third best team in the AFC. Can see it. Okay, so I think they're going 12 and 5. I think that Baltimore is taking a step back this year. I think Baltimore's, you know, they're going to be one of those surprise teams that's just not good. I don't even think what's their over under? 10 and a half? 10 and a half. Yep. Yeah, or no, 11. No. 11. Baltimore's at 11. Cleveland I'm was going, at 10.5. I'm going way under. I'm going 9 and 7 for Baltimore. Wow. And I think, you know. I'd be 9 and 8. Or 9 and 8. You're right. Yep. It's just, I, I, like I said, we were talking about earlier. I don't trust any of the guys on, on skill position wise. Fair enough. Lamar Jackson's not good enough thrower to throw those guys open or create those guys' plays. And I think, you know, he's been in the league a couple of years now. Maybe, you know, the NFL sort of figured him out a little bit last year. I think it's just another step back. Pittsburgh, though, on the other hand, eight and a half, one of the ones I circled up. Eight and a half, I like it. I have them at 10 and seven. Yeah, uh, we're the same just, with Pittsburgh. Yeah, 10 and seven. It's just a matter of, you know, I think their defense alone is good enough for like six wins. Yeah, agreed. Up. Agreed. And then yeah. offensively, their the skill position wise is just loaded. Just can Big Ben deliver the football? Yep. Yep. No, that is it. And then I got Cincy at five and twelve. And then I'm with you. I got Pittsburgh at twelve and five, or not twelve and five, ten and seven. I got Pittsburgh at ten and seven. And it's it kind of comes down to this for me when it comes to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. It comes down to coaching. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin have been doing this God knows how long, and they always deliver they have not had a losing season and i don't know how long mike tomlin i don't think has had a losing season ever no i looked it up he's had two years they went eight and eight so that's yeah. how i'm like eight and a half bro that and that's has not to even be, that's a that's a gimme eight and a yeah half has and, to be and a that's gimme. and that's not even a losing record right that's a 500 record so for me that's where i'm saying i'm like the, the steelers, he's not gonna be a losing record this yeah year. The, the steelers are not going to be as good as they were last year but you bet they'll be in the mix they're they're too good of a team. Ben Roethlisberger, I know, is is a senior at this point, but he's still Ben Roethlisberger, and if he can still deliver a few clutch performances here and there, that's still good enough for them. And like we talked about, we both love that defense and what they can do. That's why I got Pittsburgh. And as for Baltimore, I, I'm totally with you. They're, they're passing game. I talked about it two weeks ago. 
it needs to improve. Like, it is a must. If not, Baltimore's not going anywhere this year. But And now, especially with the loss of J.K. Dobbins, there's even more That's, pressure yep. on Lamar I'm Jackson to do his thing. Way but I, under on that. But, but I, got the, I still got him at 11-6 and six because I think Lamar is still super special. He's still going to pull some, some crazy stuff out of nowhere. And like I said, John Harbaugh is still one of the best coaches in all of football, and I think we'll keep this team afloat. I think they get in at 11-6 and six as a wild card, but that could be as far as they go. Yeah, no, the Pittsburgh thing, you know, it, with the extra game, you have to be over 500 or under 500. Yeah, no way. They had two seasons with Tom and that were eight and eight. Eight, you're giving me eight and a half, bro. I, I'm taking the winning season. Like, there's Absolutely. no reason for me to take a losing season for Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And then, and, it, and then Cincy, I'm with you, five and 12. I think I go under. I, I just haven't shown me anything to take the over, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny thing about Pittsburgh, too, because last year they were my dark horse team. No one was, was talking about Pittsburgh. And I was saying, I think the Steelers are going to be a much better team than people think. I did not think they're going to go 11 and 0, however. But I thought Pittsburgh was still going to be a good football team. And they were a good football team. And they just had a collapse of a lifetime in December. But the thing is here, eight and a half, I think, is ridiculous. I think whoever the heck listed that is, is just. They're not looking at the history. They're not looking at the facts. The defense is loaded. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They go and they get Najee Harris, who's a workhorse running back. They got a lot of young studs at receiver. It's they got a revamped O line now. We got to see how that O line holds up. And again, Mike Tomlin is one of the best coach. He's been one of the best coaches in in the game for the last decade and a half. So I see no reason to count Pittsburgh out. I think they're going to be right in there. It's crazy that I got him as the third best team in this division. But that's just how good this division is. Yeah. So I got it going. Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I got all three making the postseason. But we'll talk about that. If we got time later in this episode, if not next year. Yeah, it's dude, it's insane. And, and we're, we're, we're moving on to your division next. But I'm telling you, man, it's it was between Pittsburgh, New England, and Indy at those last two wildcard spots. And man, it gave me fits <laughs> trying to figure out which two of those three were getting in. It. It, it, it honestly is it, – it's wild. But moving on to the AFC East, your division, I'll let you start. Man, so again, I circled up my team, Patriots. I don't think – they gave me nine and a half wins the over and under. Less than 10 games. I'm thinking they go in between – I'm thinking realistically 11 and 6, right? So that's a game and a half above the over. Like we said, now we know Mac Jones is starting – I really didn't think the quarterback played a difference at all in this win total. I didn't think the difference between Mac Jones and Cam Newton would be, you know, a couple wins at all. I think this team is just loaded everywhere else. Running backs, they're going to pound it. You know, offensive line is going to be really good. Defense is going to be really good. Their front seven is looking ridiculous. I think their front seven might be right up there. Their defense, Back to you know, what it used to. If Gilmore is comes back and he's healthy and he's the shutdown guy he is, this is a top five defense. 10, 11 and six is my call. I'm going over. And uh, I think they'll give Buffalo fits. But Buffalo is my second. You think I'm a little higher on Buffalo than you are. I think Buffalo is going to be the second best team in the AFC this year. And they're giving me 10 and a half. This is my favorite bet of them all. 10 and a half for Buffalo. I'm going way over. I think they win 12 games. Go twelve and five. They were thirteen and three last year. I don't know why the win total went all the way down to ten and a half. I'm taking twelve and five. I think Buffalo is just loaded. I don't know why 
Vegas thinks they're going to lose three extra games. That, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just as high on Buffalo as you are. I have them at 12-5 and five as well, winning this division. Um, I just think, man, I, I was watching a bit of the Bills preseason game over the weekend. Josh Allen looked ridiculous. I was like, this guy, I don't even know why they even bothered playing. I, I, feel, like, I feel like Sean McDermott was just like, you know what? We have a full house for the first time in God knows how long. Let's just throw him out there and, and give the and gives the mafia a show. And boy, as hell did he do that. Josh Allen looks in MVP form, and I, it was just August. And I'm telling you, man, it's like it was literally just preseason. And Mahomes and Josh Allen looked absolutely phenomenal. I, Buffalo is loaded. I got them winning this division. I just think they're just they're just too good, too good. I love what Sean McDermott has built in Buffalo over the past few years. And I think they're, again, I think same thing as you. They're not going to be as potent as last year. I think teams will figure them out. But this is this team is still going to be a buzzsaw. As for your New England Patriots, they're listed at 9.5. I'm going to take the over as well, but I got one game less than you. I'll take them going 10-7. and seven. I think Mac Jones, I, I mean, the thing is, can Mac Jones win win that many games that's that's what it comes down to I don't I think he can I'm not doubting him I think he can and and this defense like we talked about if they can stay healthy and we talked about all the guys missing last year that are coming back this year that's going to make a difference and I know that Belichick again the same thing that I talked about in the AFC North with Tomlin and Harbaugh is the same reason where I, I just can't bet I know people people talk about Belichick Belichick and the Patriots struggle one season last year and I was like oh I guess it was Brady, not Belichick, and blah, blah, blah. Enough is enough, man. We talked Bro, about. I cannot wait for Mac Jones to do the Th- same thing in the. This year is. And when we talked about it too, last year was, was just an, an anomaly for a lot of teams and a lot of play. It was, you know, 2020 is a write off. But this season coming up, you know, proper offseason, all that, no excuses. You got your guy in Mac Jones. I right, let's go. Let's see this. Let's let's see the the Patriots are going to be one of the most intriguing teams this season. And again, why in the hell would I bet on Bill Belichick? Because again, if Cam Newton never got on that COVID list last year, who knows what their record would have been? 11 and 5, 10 and 6, probably would have been in the playoffs. So for that reason, I think the Patriots will be there. Miami I think takes a step back. They're listed at 9 and a half. I got them one game under at 8 and 9. The New York Jets, I got them at 5 and 12, although I really, really, really like what Robert Sala is doing in New York. That's my guy. I'm rooting for him. It's going to be a long season for them, but I really like what Zach Wilson's doing this year. I didn't watch a lot of him at BYU. I think the Jets will slowly and surely get that under the ship, but it'll be a tough season for them this year. I got them at 5-12. and 12. Yeah, I'm going unders on both. Still don't believe in Tua. Um, Agreed. I'm not there yet. And the Jets are the Jets. Like, I don't think of Tua as I think of some of these other young bucks. He's got to prove it to me that he's like that. And then if he is, yo, Miami's definitely a team that can make real noise, like legitimate noise if Tua is what Tua was supposed to be. Agreed. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Miami, I think they can get there. I just, I need to see it. I feel like Fitzpatrick was kind of, the heartbeat of that team last year. It's like when he came in in relief, it's like the Dolphins had life. It's not a knock on two or anything. I think he played good, but I think Fitzpatrick made more of an impact on the team last year. And that's why they went 10 and six. He's saw Tua. The Dolphins were right in the thick of things in week 17 last year. And Tua goes into Buffalo and just turns it over every other possession. So in those moments, that's where you want to see growth and progression. 
this is a big opportunity for Tua. He gets to he's the starter from day one. He gets to go to Foxborough and take on your Patriots week one. That's going to be a great game. You got the Alabama boys going at it. Mac against Tua, late window. I think that's going to be a fascinating game. Probably one of the more fascinating Miami-New England games in the past. But I'm looking forward to that one. But we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I like the Bills winning that division. Patriots in a wild card hunt. Uh, Dolphins, I think, take a step back. But obviously, depending on Tua and the Jets... This is a rebuilding year, but I like the direction they're going in as an organization. Moving over to the NFC East, we talked a little bit about this last week, but going through that, the Cowboys are listed at 9, Washington 8.5, Giants at 7, Eagles 6.5. I don't know why they're at 6.5. You have Washington winning the division. What is your record for Washington? 9-7. and I think they barely go over, I think. Um, Their defense is legit. And I'm re- honestly, I'm really excited for, for Fitzpatrick there. I think he's going to, you know, give a spark to that offense like we just talked about in Miami. Antonio Gibson, yo, he might be the real deal. I think he's going to have a humongous year on offense. Uh, and then, you know, we know the defense is defense. And then in, in terms of Dallas, we talked about this last week. I, I Like, Dak Prescott, even when he was there, he wasn't making, you know, an impact on winning. He was throwing for a billion yards, but they were still getting their ass kicked every time. So, I mean, uh, to me, people are expecting CeeDee Lamb to ball out this year. Their offense, you know, skill position-wise is there. But I'm going 9-8 and eight Washington, 8-9 eight and nine Dallas. And then, you know, the Jets and the Eagles, I don't know how the Eagles are getting 6.5. 6.5 six for Philly? Don't understand it. I really don't. I think they're going like four and thirteen, honestly. And then the Giants were at what? Giants, the Giants are, are listed at seven, and a half, right? Yeah. Six and six, a half, seven. Yeah, six and a half. I think that's right around where they should be. I think there is a six and eleven team. You know, I mean, this is a proven year for Daniel Jones, like we've been talking about. I'm, I'm not fully on board with how good Saquon's going to be coming off his injury. And especially with that, you know, O-line and the dependency on him and the miles that are going to be put on him. I don't really know. I'm not buying into Saquon as I was before. Yeah, neither am I. I'm not the highest on the Giants. I know a lot of people are. I think they were a good team last year, but I mean, nothing special. And yeah, we've been talking about it all offseason. This is a massive year for Daniel Jones to prove that he is the guy and winning the NFC East would, would do just that. Um, why I do this to myself every year, I have no idea, but I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the division. I got the over at 10 and 7. Obviously, wow. that's very defense. Defense, you know, they have to step up, right? And I think that offense, if Dak is healthy, I, I think they can they can hit 30, 40 points on, on a lot of teams this year. But that defense, if they cannot give up 30, 40 points, that's the, you that's don't the biggest think, you thing. You don't think Dak is, because is, I've been hearing Dak is still hurt. Dak, Dak may not be 100%, but again, I, I'm I'm high on the guy. I think he can play through it. The question is, how bad is the injury? Is Dallas, you know, are the Joneses, you know, not disclosing information, which possibly could happen, right? You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I know Hard Knocks is all up in there, and, you know, we're seeing behind the scenes, and, you know, who 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 knows what's going on? I'm just saying the same thing here as we were talking about, like, Houston, for say, 
if Dak Prescott's out there and he's even at 80%, I really like what this offense can do. This, this offensive line stays healthy. People forget how good this offensive line is with Tyron Smith and, and Zach Martin and Connor Williams and Lyle Collins. Really, really good offensive line. May not be what it, be, what, what it used to be, but it's still a pretty damn good old line. And that receiving corp, that three-headed dragon of Amari, CD, and Michael Gallup, they can be ridiculous. And then Ezekiel Elliott's a massive question mark because if he can just not cough up the ball for once in his life, the Dallas Cowboys, as I'm saying, this offense is a really, really, really good offense. But this defense, again, can Dan Quinn fix this defense? They did not look like... They look like... The Dallas Cowboys defense last year looked like a ridiculous calculus equation in front of you that you just could not solve. And I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in a bad way where you're as a defensive coordinator looking, you're like, how the hell am I supposed to fix this defense? That's what Dan Quinn's got to do this year. I like Dallas. Washington, I got it at 9-8. and eight. I got them right there. It's going to be close. I think Washington and Dallas are going to be neck and neck. They play twice in December. It's going to come down to that. I like Washington 9-8. and eight. Fitzpatrick's going to keep them in a lot of games. That defense is going to be ridiculous. But again, I think Washington is still not quite there yet. Giants, I got 7-10. Eagles, I got 5-12. and 12. I think Jalen Hurts will... Find a way to win a few games, but it's not going to be a lot. I got them at five and twelve. I got I got a little prop for you. Go I for think it. Antonio Gibson is going to lead the division in rushing yards over Zeke and over Saquon. I can see it because Saquon, you know, we're not sure how long it's going to take for him to get back into things. Zeke, again, like I mentioned, massive question mark. Miles Sanders is in there too, but he's kind of injury prone. I can see it. Antonio Gibson's a baller. I'm not. I, I definitely think I can see that one. So. We'll see what happens there. Moving on to the NFC North, Green Bay's listed at 10, Minnesota at 9, Bears at 7.5, Lions at 4.5. I'll take the Packers on the over. I like them going 12-5, and five, and I think, I don't know, last year I thought the Packers were going to dip a little bit, and they didn't. They had the same record. Aaron Rodgers was even better than he was in 2019, and I, I don't see why that's going to change because Matt LaFleur has been very successful in two years for the exception of the NFC Championship Games. He has been fine. Aaron Rodgers has been great in this offense. Devontae Adams has been great. Aaron Jones has been phenomenal. I see no reason to not think they're going to have another great year, so I got them going 12-5. and five. Minnesota got them at 9-8. and eight. I think this offense is really good. Do I trust that they can win more than nine games? I have no idea, but I think they're good enough to go 9-8. and eight. Chicago, I got them going 7-10, and 10, so I'll take the under. If Justin Fields plays, of course, which I think he will at some point, he will win some games for Chicago. Detroit is going to be abysmal. I got them going 3-14. and 14. So, if I'm right, this division plays the NFC North. Or I mean, sorry, they play the NFC West and the AFC North. Correct. Yeah, no, no, no. So, I'm going over on Green Bay just because 10.5 is way too low. They yeah, were 13, a- and, 13 and 3 the last North, two years. AFC North and NFC West. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, so they were thirteen and three the last two years. Now that's actually a pretty tough schedule. There's like seven out of eight teams that are like legit in out of those two divisions. I still like Green Bay, but everybody else I'm going to go under. I think if you tell me I'm putting out Chicago with that offensive line and that kid against your NFC West defenses, no, that's not happening. Right? They're not going to score enough to go up against the AFC North. They can beat up Chicago, can beat up on Detroit, but like that's really it. So I'm going way under on Chicago, way under on Detroit. Minnesota, you know, 
they're listed at what eight and a half. Yep. Sounds right to me. I, I might go, you know, it's a half game difference either way for me. I'm going either nine and eight, eight and seven, or eight and nine. Don't really make a difference. Green Bay is really the story. I like Green Bay's over by a lot, man. Ten and a half. I think they go not thirteen and three, but I think they can go twelve and five, which is a good game and a half cushion. Agreed. Yeah. I I that's what I'm saying with Green Bay. I think they there's nothing that shows me, and I know all the offseason stuff, but there's nothing that shows me that they're going to take a step back. In that regard. If, I'm, Green... if, I'm, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, if anything, Aaron Rodgers might even come back, like, instead of packing it in and not really going through the motions, like on some James Harden type stuff, he's not going to do that. I feel like he might no. go the opposite and go berserk, you know, Aaron go Rod- crazy again. Aaron Rodgers isn't like that, man. He doesn't roll like that. Aaron nah. Rodgers just does what Aaron Rodgers done. There's a reason why people call him a bad man because he is a bad man. He's, he's gonna, gonna do what he's he does. Ball out. He's gonna ball that's what, out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not in Aaron Rodgers' repertoire. I don't think the word lose is in his is 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 is, is losing Aaron Rodgers in the same sentence does not belong together unless it comes to the NFC Championship game. But other than that, Green Bay Green Bay is gonna be there and they're gonna be competitive. Going down to the NFC South. The defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers are listed at 12 wins, Saints at nine and a half, Panthers and Falcons seven and a half. I have no we thought Philly was bad at six. I don't know how the hell Atlanta's listed at seven and a half. Yo, some people think Atlanta might be scary good. I mean, like sneaky good, sneaky good. Their defense has not been good in like three years. I don't right, know look, why. Here, let me make let me make a little case. They can beat up on, on Carolina and they can beat up on on New Orleans a little bit. I think New Orleans is better, but, like, to, for them to not be, like, that's a beatable team, right? They play the AFC East, which is, you know, not too difficult. Then they play the NFC East. So, I mean, Atlanta, seven and a half, I mean, it sounds right. You play the NFC East, that could be four wins. You play Carolina twice. Saints you could split with. And then you play the AFC East, meaning you play the Jets. Right? Maybe you steal one of the games against the other three teams. I mean, seven and a half doesn't seem that bad. I I don't know. For me, it's it's hard to say that. I don't think Atlanta, new coach, the defense is not what it used to be. Calvin Ridley's gonna ball out. Matt Ryan's gonna do his best. Kyle Pitts is gonna be great. But I just I don't know. For me, it's hard to say that. I got the Falcons. I'm taking the under. At five and twelve, I think they can be six and six and eleven. I was thinking about it, but I just I don't know, man. I, I can't see Atlanta being that good. But I got I got them going five and twelve. Carolina, I I got them going seven and ten. I really think Sam Darnold is going to have a bounce back year with this team. They got a lot more talent, and like I mentioned before, Carolina was five and eleven last year. They weren't good, but they, if you watched their games, they were scrappy. They were in a lot of those games. They almost beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. This is a good And mind team. you, they have McCaffrey coming back, too. <laughs> they got McCaffrey coming back. They got Truba Hubbard back there as well, who's a beast. Darnold's out there. Their O-line is kind of suspect. And then they got a, some really good weapons in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I, I just, do like Matt Rule, though. Matt Rule's a good coach. And that's what I'm saying. They were scrappy last year. And I think they'll take the next step. They're not gonna that's something. They're not gonna wow you, they're not gonna win a ton of games. But I like seven and ten. Eight and nine might be a little bit of a reach, but I'll take them at seven and ten. New Orleans, I've been going back and forth between ten and seven and nine and eight. 
I'm going to go 9-8. and eight. I, I just think Michael Thomas is out for the first few games. I know they got Kamara. I think Jameis Winston is going to have a good year. I think the Saints will be right there in the playoff picture late. But I got them going 9-8. and eight. I think they will struggle a little bit more than usual. And then Tampa, of course, I got them going. I got this. I think this team's going to be ridiculous. I think they're the best team in the NFC. I got them going 14-3. and three. They're going to be. They are going to be so hard to beat. I think there's a chance they 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 go thirteen and four too. But I just think that this team is just so in sync now that they are going to be that good. Yeah. No. So I'm with you. They went an eleven and five last year. Now you add an extra game, and like we know, the first like whatever six seven weeks were like just like getting used to each other, getting oiled up. Yep. And the the win total still at eleven and a half. I can't believe that. Honestly, that's like that seems like a gift. I think they're going thirteen and four. Easily the favorites in the NFC to me. Um outside of that, all these the rest of the teams in this division really don't have a good read on. New Orleans eight and a half seems around a good number. I think I'd go nine and eight just because of Sean Payton. And what he does, and their home field advantage, you know, it's you're gonna win seven games maybe at home. Well, the problem is that they're not gonna play any home games for the entirety of September, so you can throw that out the window. You're right. You're right. I wonder if uh, the books are gonna adjust that line. Then, either way, though, I think nine and eight's a, a good enough, good enough team. Uh, well, Carolina, yeah, not sold on Carolina, not sold on, on your boy Darnold. Um, McCaffrey coming back should be worth one win at least, although Mike Davis did pretty well for them last year. And then Atlanta, seven and a half. I know I try to make the case, but I'm not putting no money on the over on seven and a half for Atlanta. I'm going to take the under. I think they go six and 11. Fair enough. Fair enough. I Yep. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I mean, New Orleans can can be as good as maybe eleven and six or ten and seven because again, same thing that I talked about in the AFC with the coaches. Sean Payton's a guy that I don't want to bet against. So therefore, I would say the Saints are still going to be a good team, but I just think they're going to struggle a little bit more than usual. You know, going through the changes that they have. Moving I think Winston's on, going to have a good year, though. I, I do. I I do think Jameis Winston's going to have a good year, and he's there's going to be a lot Thomas of eyes on him. Makes me iffy though. Michael Thomas yep. just makes me iffy. Yep, agreed. I definitely agree. Moving on to the last division, my division, the best division in all of football, the NFC West. The Rams and Niners are listed at 10.5. Seattle just below them at 10. Arizona at 8.5. What you got for the NFC West? And you you bring us home, man. You start us off. This is, this is ridiculous. I mean, I know a lot of people have had four teams in the playoffs. I do not think that it's going to be four. One team is, good, is, gonna, is not going to have a great year. I got three teams going to the playoffs in this division. This division is just too stacked for me. I loved what my Niners did in that last preseason game. Do I know what this co-quarterback thing is going to be like during the season? Not a clue, but I liked it. I like Shanahan mixing and matching. And with this defense, with Nick Bosa coming back, oh, you better watch out. It's going to get crazy. I like my Niners winning this division at 12-5. and five. I got the Rams right behind them at 11-6. and six. I think Stafford in this offense, I've been talking about all offseason, they are going to be a problem. I am super, super excited for that first Rams-Niners matchup. It's not until November, but that's going to be something else. Seattle, I see no reason why to be like, yeah, they're the team that's going to take the dip. Every year, I think they're going to do it, and they never do. 
So I got them going ten and seven. They're the, gonna they're gonna be the third best team. Russell Wilson gonna do his thing. This defense is gonna be kind of eh. And Arizona's the team that I say going eight and nine, and I'll have them just below the under. Big not because of the talent, not because of the players. Of course, we saw your boy Malcolm Butler got placed on the retired list, so that's already one washed up veteran who's not gonna be there. JJ Watt was injured during the training camp. I think he's gonna be out for week one, but I don't know. We'll see how many games he plays. There's so many if ands or buts about Arizona's defense. I thought that they just they got a bunch of veterans and old guys and just threw them together. I love their offense, but I don't love Cliff Kingsbury, and that's why I have them at eight and nine. I think this division is just way way too stacked. You have you have to play Russell Wilson twice a year. Good luck with that. You play Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay and Aaron Donald twice a year. Good luck with that. You got to play Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance in this ridiculous two headed dragon quarterback nonsense. But I love it. You got to play that twice a year. Good luck to Arizona. Some people think they're going to be the best team in the NFC West. I can't see it. Yeah. Seattle, Seattle, Rams, Niners, just way, way, way too good. Remind me real quick who Arizona's running back is. Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Yeah, you're right. No, no, I'm I'm going way under. I'm going seven and nine. Or seven I'm going to go ten. seven and ten. I'm going to go seven and ten for Arizona. You, you put it perfectly. They just threw a bunch of random guys together. They're playing in the toughest division. I I don't see how they're better than any of these other three teams. I'm actually going to go – so I like a couple of these bets really like up in my top ten, definitely. So I'm going to start with – so San Francisco, ten and a half. I think that's right. I'm Obviously, you're, you're going to boost San Francisco more than I would, but ten and a half seems fine to me. I'm going ten and seven for San Francisco. Yep, you know fair. I'm not the biggest Jimmy G guy. Yep, I think he's enough. the – third best, maybe even fourth best quarterback in this division. Yep, yep, and that, absolutely. And that's, you know, I, I can't get on board with that. Now, these are two really, really good bets. I think the Rams win the division. Over-unders 10 and a half. They won 10 games last year, right? They were 10 and 6 last year. So to me, that means, yo, you have an extra game. Is the, is the upgrade from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford worth half a game? Absolutely, right? Plus yep. an extra game. That's a hundred percent worth it. So I'd say, like borderline, they go on eleven and six, bring them back the same team, just an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, I think they go eleven and six at the least. And then this is my favorite bet out of them all: is Seattle over nine and a half. Um, since Russell Wilson's been there, they've only missed the playoffs one time, and I think they went. What was it? They've only not gotten ten wins one once. Time. Yep, one and they went time. nine and seven. And they went nine and seven, right? So nine and a half. I mean, yo, he's proven me that he can get ten wins by himself. Yeah. So I'm gonna take Seattle t- to get nine and a half without a doubt. That's probably my favorite bet, and I put a little bit on to make them the for them to make the playoffs too, because I think this division is gonna get three playoff teams. Absolutely, I I really do think that's how it's gonna be. This division is, it's ridiculous how good this division is. And then again, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he's not going to be on the field the whole time. Trey Lance is going to be in there, in and out. It's you think be... so? You think that's what uh, that's what the call is going to be? I, I, I do. I, I don't think it's going to be as much as we saw in the preseason game on Sunday. What but... did you think of Trey Lance? Because I'm hearing a lot of a lot of Trey Lance slander. People could see, people could talk what they want, but like this is the thing when I talk about Trey Lance is I thought he looked great. The guy's explosive, but he needs time. Like he didn't look like a guy like you know he's more... not ready to play yet. Not to start. He's ready to play. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
you know, Kyle Shanahan is doing the absolutely the right thing by giving him a small package, make sure he's getting reps, getting him, you know, able to play. Because don't forget, Trey Lance, unlike the other guys who got drafted, the other quarterbacks who got drafted, did not play last year at all. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, these guys were all playing in the college football playoff. Like, they were, they had reps. They got to play in big games. They had a season. Trey Lance did not have a season. Trey Lance has looked good, but he's 20 years old. He's in the NFL. He's getting, And Kyle Shanahan is doing the perfect thing by not naming him the starter. You know Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what he's going to do. He's your starter. But Trey Lance is going to be a part of this offense. He is going to be another weapon. He's going to rotate in and out. Give him some RPOs, some Wildcats, some passing plays. Trey Lance is so dynamic. You could do it all with him. So he will be in there. He'll be in this offense. He just won't be starting games yet. And that's okay. You know, make him come in gradually. And I've been saying this for the last two, three weeks. By next season in the offseason, Trey Lance will be ready to start for this football team. Just get him some reps. You know, let him be able to play against these guys. We In this division, he's going to... He's going to get some reps against Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, Bobby Wagner, some of the best of the best in this division, right? So Trey Lance, by all means, he's not ready to start. You're playing against, you know, North Dakota State competition, and now you're playing against some of the best defenses in the league. Exactly. And the thing is, he was playing against nobody last year. Like, it wasn't even like that. He had one game all of last year that he was playing, so... Let Trey Lance come in. The guy is special. I tell you what, this kid is a freak of an athlete. He's really, I think all five of these quarterbacks that got drafted this year, what I saw in the preseason, excellent. All five of them look great. This has the chance to be one hell of a quarterback class. But Trey Lance, he's going to need some time. I think everyone knew that he's going to be a project. But Shanahan, I think, knows exactly what the heck he's doing by naming, keeping Garoppolo, his job is safe, and Garoppolo's playing better than I, than I think some people expected, but we won't see that until week one. But Trey Lance is going to be a part of this team. He's out with a finger injury right now, but I'm sure he'll be back week one and ready to fly, and I, I can't wait to see it. All right, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens when he gets the moment, but, you know, he's still he's still developing. People, people aren't going to be able to see that now, but And that's the season, problem because, you know, people nowadays want everybody to come out the gates like, a finished project when everybody coming out is 21, 22. You don't hear your prime for another five years. Yeah. In every sport, people just rush for no reason, man. Like, yeah. chill. No, patience. Patience. Chill, bro. That, Not everybody's yeah. going to just come out like Mahomes in, in, in year one like that. Like hey, Mahomes, Mahomes sat a year. No, he, I know. I mean, you're right. But, I mean, like, people, like, you know, Luca comes in year one, does his thing. Mahomes' first year as a starter. Like, those are, like, two guys that are, like, generation like you don't see that i don't people just expect that now like that's not how Mm -hmm. it works yep no absolutely it's patience man you just you have to be patient and that's what when i watched trey lance play i said i can see what kyle shanahan saw on this guy but i think kyle shanahan's also not an idiot and he knows that trey lance is not ready to start week one this is going to be a project and otherwise be the thing otherwise it's the same situation why did belichick did not even hesitate to release cam just like that Shanahan's not a not a dummy. If that was the case, Jimmy Garoppolo would not be on the roster right now. But he knows we have a stud in Jimmy Garoppolo when he's healthy. And we have an opportunity to let Trey Lance, you know, come along gradually. We don't have to throw him in there week one. We have Garoppolo, you know, mix it, you know, mix it up a little bit here and there. And then when he's ready, 
you throw him in there and you trade Garoppolo. It's it's the best situation that I think so far Kyle Shanahan is handling it the right way. And maybe maybe we're talking Trey Lance starting the game in late October, November, December. Who the hell knows how this season's gonna go? There is so much football left to be played, but Again, I, 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 that's my first instinct of watching the little bits of Trey Lance so far. He is special. He is an incredible athlete. But you just got to be patient. And I can't wait to watch him play and get some reps in the regular season. Cannot wait to watch him and Jimmy G go to work. Yeah, I, I mean, sounds like sounds like it, man. I, I want to see it too. I got three props for you. Right? Long shot props. Just to end this thing off. Futures, we're talking MVPs. I love Josh Allen's odds. Plus 1,000. Plus 1,000 to win MVP. That, to me, seems like, you know, the two guys ranked ahead of him are Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think Josh Allen's right there. Plus 1,000. My second one, Russell Wilson, plus 1,600. I feel like Russell Wilson cannot leave his career without getting an MVP. Can this be the year? Plus 1,600. It's a long shot for a reason. Okay. My third one, Justin Herbert. Been saying it. Plus 2,000. You're telling me those odds aren't spicy. Plus 2,000 to win MVP. Probably he's not going to win it, but plus 2,000. I mean, with a guy like his talent, you know, quarterbacks these days are winning MVPs in their second year. Lamar Jackson did it. Patrick Mahomes did it. Herbert second year, maybe he's built like that. That's a tough one. I think Herbert is built different. But out of those three, I got to take Josh Allen. The guy is just simply incredible what he's doing. The way that he came out last year from his first two years was just simply incredible. I I, I love his odds compared to the other two. Russell Wilson, you know me. I'm not going to. Russell Wilson MVP year. No, I don't want to see that. Having said that, I, I still can't believe to this day. It's absolutely appalling. That Russell Wilson has never got a vote for MVP, though. Like, I will... I, I and will last simply... year, he was... Yo, for the first eight weeks, I think he was the MVP. He was. He was. And if he, if he kept that up, he would have been on... He would have been on in that trending that way. But I think you got to do it for 16 weeks. But even then, look at Russell Wilson's career. You're not telling me he's not deserving of... That's what, I'm, know saying. what I'm saying. He's due. He's due. Like, that to me is just absolutely ridiculous. But... I don't know. That's just that's just my thought process going into that. But good lord, I have no idea. But anyways, that'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. We just went through the over unders. We will post our predictions for the records after this episode. So stay tuned for that on Instagram and Twitter for that. B final thoughts. Breaking news. So we already know the Cavs traded for Laurie Markinen. They now sign Taco Fall, adding to their twenty thousand bigs. Breaking news. There's your 60 seconds of NBA news on this hour and 10 minute episode of Baller Island. But anyways, yeah, they, we, we'll, we'll talk about some more NBA throughout the year. But next next week, we'll preview week one. We'll drop our playoff predictions and we'll go from there. But those are over under. So that'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. Jay Soda, Bilal Lahi, you know the deal. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis, and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. We got a lot more content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.